0: Good afternoon, fellow Gooners. Welcome to another episode of Canada Talk. I'm yours this morning. My host, as usual, Aiden.
1: How's it, guys? After taking disappointing defeats against Man United at Everton, we've discussed Southampton and the clash that took place yesterday against... um... West Ham. But yeah, let's go to Southampton. West Ham. Let's go to West... um, Against Southampton.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, the whole pre-match already going to the Southampton game was about uh, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, you know, being dropped from the squad due to breaching club rules. Um, something that I'm actually going to rather bring up in the talking point section, which, you know, really discuss yeah. it back like, in detail. But yeah, you know, we go on to the match. Uh, first big chance falls to Southampton, quite early, Adam Armstrong in the seventh minute for forcing Ramsdale into a, a solid save, um, then 24th, or, sorry, 21st minute, deadlock finally broken. Uh, a move started from Ramsdale as a, like, as a passing and movement shifted through the gears amongst the Arsenal team with him passing to Ben White, Ben White to party, party to Tamiasso Odegaard, then interchanging with Tamiasso, within freeze, freeze Saka and I mean Saka ends up running in, almost like right into the Southampton box, cutting the ball across like on a 45 and then the uh, it comes on to sweep one Arsenal.
1: You know, up until that point, we were quite uh, atrocious. Um, you know, in that first twenty minutes, we were, we were, we were almost looking to to continue the um, form we, we we we've been in. But like you said, one move executed by Ramsdale, sucker presence of mind, you know, like I said, you've been complaining about him a lot. You know, not getting in the box, you know, but edge of the box, top class finish. You know, one 0 to Arsenal, and I think you know, that probably got the fans up again because we could have been in big trouble.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's uh, that's actually the one part I I first skipped, or kind of skipped over it. But I mean, I did make a point of it is that what you just mentioned now, where we were atrocious at first, easily 20 minutes of the game. I mean, I couldn't believe it myself. Um, The amount of, not only ball we're giving uh, Southampton, but also allowing their press to dominate us. But now, I mean, like my question to you was, do you think it was more a case of Southampton actually being that good with the high press or was it more like us just weathering the storm and then uh, coming at
1: them? Oh, it's, a, it's a tricky one you're throwing at me because you know that it, it could have gone horribly ugly if, if, you know, trying to weather the storm. I mean, yeah. you can, it's, it's a very much of a risk to take because, I mean, if you go one or down and, I mean, the Ramsall did make a few excellent saves. But if you go one down, downtime to weather a storm, you know, your old game plan goes out the window. So I think maybe East Southampton's place was just that good. I'd yeah. rather go with that. Than, uh, uh, a strategy to be to weather the storm and you know, hope for the best. Yeah.
0: Yeah, because I mean, I think the credit that we also must be given to, to Um, He normally has a team set up. I mean, it's almost like balls of the wall type of thing where. You know, it's almost—it's either going to work or fail horribly. But I mean, more often than not, especially now this season, they have been, uh, you know, caught out. So if you can overcome that press or, you know, take it on yourself to, you know, accept that they're going to come full and hard at you. But then, I mean, have also the speed to to eat them on on a quick counter to really hurt them. Because as much as they can push forward, they almost kind of struggle when it comes to the other direction they have to track back.
1: Yeah, no, uh, definitely. And I think, like you said, that, that goal definitely was was well worked by everybody. I mean, the touches were sleek. It was excellent. Yeah.
0: yeah. So, um, a few minutes later, and only Apple, and it only happens it like in the Emirates these days when you have these goals coming in a cluster. About six minutes later, a fantastic ball. I don't know if it was Tom Yasso, that hit the wall. Uh, cross yeah. It. And it's I mean, I Tiani wanted to hit the ball, I think, on the volley, and I think the ball got stuck under his studs. Then it was like, you know, within a few minutes, a second, sorry, to now, you know, conjure up something else. And I mean, he ends up dinking the ball over. Ball gets again cleared, and he eats the ball again across into the six yard box. And I mean, Odegaard comes, it was like ghosting in, and he just stabs, stabs Omeida. It loops over the keeper. 2 0 no Arsenal. 3 and 3 for
1: Odegaard. And I think um, was in as a good idea, good good way to get himself into the box, almost a the esque, and and yeah, you know, even though Odegaard, you know, for me personally, has been taking some flack even from me himself. You know, he's been getting the goals, but always like with a similar to a Pepe thing, where you kind of want him to to be involved more in games and dictate more.
0: Mm. Yeah, I mean, I just think sometimes he, I, I mean, like my biggest gripe actually with, with him usually is, you know, when you have to play free-flowing football, he sometimes thinks, okay, I can maybe take on another guy or I can maybe take another touch. And I mean, in that time, he normally gets either dispossessed or bumped off the ball. And I think that's what what caused him, you know, the, the anger we feel towards him sometimes. But other than that, he normally is quite classy with his passes. So there's also like still things to his game that he needs to alter, yeah. to, you know, to get in the flow with the whole squad setup. Um <clears throat> There's not, not much happened in between leading up to half time. I think just, like, close to half time, Saka ended up, uh, you know, having a shot at the keeper. But Saka, at times, I don't know, sometimes my personal take is he doesn't take his time when he when he places the ball to score. Yeah. It's like he, he kind of chokes up and he ends up just blasting the ball. Trying to like blast it through the keeper and he ends up just smashing the ball against uh, Caballero's uh, legs. So, second half, we come out uh a bit more like you know trying to be a bit more cooker, uh, positive again uh in 53rd minute teller i mean i didn't expect southern to also you know fight fire with fire really because i already thought that we're gonna kind of back off being 2-0 down but they look quite positive they come forward and i mean Tella ends up forcing Ramsdale into a decent save in the 53rd minute
1: Yeah, you know, the ramsdale has been a big plus for us this season the guy makes saves you know we're, we're when a game could be put in a knife edge, he always puts himself about it, you know, makes a save, so like you said, good save for him in a in a pivotal part in the game, because they always say 2-0 is a very dangerous lead to have.
0: Yeah, that's true. Um, then, uh, 57 minutes, VAR ends up cancelling a goal for Gabriel. I mean, I think he was a, like probably a few inches uh, offside. Uh, what was your take on that thing?
1: Was no, that... I uh, VAR got the decision spot on. I mean, I'm I'm always... Somebody that complains, look, we got the rub of the green as well. I even said to myself, no, we got the rub of the green against um, Everton twice. Yep. So, you know, margins, sometimes you have to take it, sometimes you have to, I don't know I mean, 2-0 up as well. You take, you You know, that decisions don't make you as angry as you would have if you 1-0 down or the score is 1-1. Uh, then 62nd minute, uh, a fantastic uh, Martinelli corner. It looks like
0: he's actually another more uh, senior uh, corner taken off Arsenal. Awesome. Floats a perfect ball into the box. Uh, Gabriel gets the run on the Southampton defence and uh, ends up just glancing the ball past the keeper. 3-0 Arsenal.
1: You know, we just spoke about at one point, you know, did you miss Lauren Koscielny as a goal-scoring defender? But Gabriel is doing quite well getting his head on the end of things these days.
0: But I mean, you can see... Excuse me. You can see with every, uh, you know, set-piece goal or, or set-up leading up to a goal the sort of celebrations that Arteta has or that, that uh, coach that I told you that we got from Man City, that set-piece coach. So you can see all the little things that he has probably been, uh, you know, tinkering and, and, and doing on the training pitch with the players. Because every time when you see also set, uh, set-piece set goals, they, sometimes they always, like when they celebrate, they even run to him. Not to Oteta, but they run to him and to, to celebrate with. Because you can see he really you know, it's like fine-tuning this team and really everything from set pieces because all of a sudden now from corners we're looking dangerous like the old days again, where people are flicking the ball at the near post or and causing chaos at the back post or just the ball going straight to the back post and then we're being headed back into the danger area.
1: No, 100%. And it's, it's so good to to see that we, we've become a bit more dangerous from set pieces because there were times in games where we would get like, 10, 11, 12 corners, and all would either eat the first man or, yeah. you know, state in the goalkeeper. But now we're making our set pieces are causing teams problems. And I think we've scored more set pieces now this season than we did the uh, the entirety of last season. Then uh,
0: twice we hit the post through Martinelli once, and then Saka. we going got to now, you know, double the, you know, edge us even further ahead. Uh Then at like the third minute... Uh, we finally see that Pepe is alive, he ends up coming <laughs> on. I mean, I was already surprised. I was thinking actually you could have gotten a bit more time since it was at a stage of the game where... I, th- this was, I think this is something that that, that, qu- qualms that we also had with Arteta, that when you could see a game was kind of petering out, but you can still, you know, there's still something in it for us because the, the other team have kind of tanked off. But I think someone like Pepe, you know, given a, a 15 or 20 minute run in the game, could
1: you not know, just push us over the edge to you know make the, the gap a bit bigger. Yeah, especially to get that goal difference back. Yeah. Like you know, you 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 know, I think when when we our goal difference gets back to it what, what, I mean as an Arsenal as an Arsenal fan, you know, you and I are not really neg- used to seeing you know negative goal difference. So you know the moment that that goes into positive we will oh it is in positive but like you know if it, the moment it goes into positive and stays there you'll be You'll be um, feeling much much at ease because I know how it's bothering you every time seeing the exactly. negative goal difference.
0: Yeah, because I mean, if, if I think now, like <laughs> in all my years of, of supporting Arsenal, you normally have a chuckle when you go down the league and you see like, yes. this one is minus this or minus that. And when you see what we had to almost like chalk ourselves out, like, you know, what sort of put we had to get ourselves out of to get even just to a zero goal difference. So, I mean, to be in the pluses again, with, as we're going to get to now, uh, you know, it's quite a positive thing for me. So, yeah. So, we switch our attention now to the match last night, Arsenal-Western. Arsenal, I don't know where I come with Um, In between the Saints and the Hamers game, uh, Young was also now stripped of the captaincy, which was also, like, a breaking news uh, midweek. Um, as I said, like, we're going to discuss now further you know the podcast. So... Onto the game. I was a bit worried because I think <laughs> you were still messaging me the warning yeah. about being, you know, you know, really nervous and not even as I was just telling you, you know, I've got like positive vibes with regards to the game. Because I mean for me, listen now, also what I've heard now, like pre match, you know, listening to the to, to Alan Shearer and Ian writing them. We I think Shearer was saying sometime later on in the game, but I mean I'm of course we're analyzing it still. But he also said he's got a feeling the Europa League is starting to slowly catch up on them now physically. And look, we called it already in the probably August, September when we said, OK, fine, they are flying and high and, and they look solid. But I think for a team, the way Moyes has put them together, they are good. But I mean, I don't think they're used to the Thursday, Sunday, Thursday, Sunday type thing. Where they ended they, up like really putting a full strain on the squad. I mean, they've already, already lost them. Um, both centre-backs, they've, um, you know, almost like you see a more jaded performance of, of most of the key players now. And I mean, into the, like, you know, going onto the match also, uh, that first penalty shot that we get in 27 minutes with, with uh, Lacazette and Dawson, you can see some, like, heavy legs by by that Dawson guy because... Um, yes, Dawson yes, was, he
1: was battling.
0: It was just, just you know, given towards the the defending team. But, I mean, again, it was like a warning sign of Things to come also for
1: them in the game. Yeah, I know you could see Arsenal. I don't know, it's like without the bumming, there and it's like people are just running in that movement. It's you know, everybody's just interchangeably running and they just continue consistently people running off the ball, on the ball. It's 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 working. And I think the was really, really battling against yeah. uh our attack.
0: And then you know that the guy, guy DLP was also struggling in, and, and I mean Masuaku. The, you know, the year against Chelsea the other day. It's almost like you could see his eyes go double its size when Saka was running at him. And <laughs> well, there was also one moment also in the, I think midway in the first half, when he was realizing what sort of evening he's in for. He was like calling, even, I think it was at one point it was Bowen he called to to double up with him, or, you know, anybody in the vicinity, he was just asking, you know, just come help me hold up this guy. Because by the time they were doubling up on Saka, had already left Tamiyasu free when he was bombing down the right.
1: Yeah, no, they couldn't keep up with Saka. I think Saka just seemed to be on it. You know, everything he was trying, he was playing with confidence. He was taking players on. Yeah, it was it was a very pleasant sight to see when you like. It is a pity that the youngster gets kicked all the time. You always see yeah. him hopping or hobbling, getting kicked.
0: The ninth minute, I think, was one of the big moments also in the game. We end up having this whole flurry of chances as Arsenal just like not only bombarding the. Uh, with the same goal, but I mean, they are flooding bodies also in. And it's something that you and I always wanted. We went to see Arsenal not only attack a team relentlessly, but also there's extra bodies that you can like now play the ball to. And I mean, uh, the ball ends up, I think, breaking off. Uh, Saka tries a, a, a running shot and then it ends up getting blocked. And uh, the ball ends up spilling to Kieran and who comes out of almost like nowhere and lets fly from about 20, 25 yards like a real screamer. and I mean, Fabianski has yes, to end up tipping the ball against the crossbar for like, you know, make a fantastic save from a fantastic shot.
1: Yeah, it was a fantastic save. which I thought the other shot hit the uh, crossbar directly. But when you're it in slow motion, you're thinking, damn, that ball almost rocketed into the top corner. Yeah.
0: Then 44th minute, just before halftime, Fabianski ends up spilling a, uh, also again, another fantastic shot by Lakers. It who's like, you know, aiming for the far post or low, low uh, post. And, I mean, Fabianski ends up just uh, paring the ball, but, of course, in a danger area. Martinelli comes in, and I just think to myself, he ends up stabbing the ball goalwards, but I was thinking, in the side-knitting, and I was thinking, when he had the speed, like, had the goalie's already expecting that sort of finish, I think he just, like, just spooned it over the keeper.
1: Yeah. No, he just did Let's a little, a little clip, almost.
0: Yeah. So, uh, second half, uh, normally, I mean, the commentators were still talking at the half-time about how Arsenal normally switched off, you know, when they yes, come out. Yes, yes. And I was in a way... I remember that. ...warring. And then within, what was it, uh, three minutes, a uh, fantastic ball by Lacazette. You know, it was like really like a knife through butter, his ball, uh, ball. clinical. Just enough weight on the ball to carry past the defence. And, I mean, Martinelli ends up bursting through. And it was like Andreas, instead of just side-footing the ball in the net, one of Arsenal.
1: Yeah, you know, first to go back, it commentator like I remember he said Arsenal. If you look at the first half, you know performances results in the first half, they would be fourth, but they would be fifteenth place if you took the second <laughs> half results. So I like you know I remember that comment very clearly, and then like you said Martinelli, you know just shows this pace factor. You know Aubameyang is not that no longer that fast anymore as fast anymore yeah. like you know, Martinelli did. How quick he was off the mark and. You know, 1-1 the keeper, he slots it in. And like you said, one nil to the Arsenal. And I think Martinelli's confidence has just been brimming at the moment. I mean, there was that one move as well where he pushed the ball through um, that one West Ham player's legs and it almost it leads to know, an <laughs> Arsenal kill. Oh. Yeah,
0: it was a fantastic play to watch. Then 66th minute, Arsenal end up getting a penalty. Um, of course, everybody's split about it. Uh, some said, you know, it was... Uh, in, like, you know, if Dawson gets a... But, also, sorry, Kufal gets a foot or studs on the wall. Some said he almost like went into a rash into the tackle, and I think that's what almost like caught the, the ref's eye. But, I mean, at the, for me, at the end of the day, was um David Moyes at full-time said he accepts it. Uh, point number two was, I just think, also, I think with that sort of heavy momentum, and I think also with head speed, it's almost like made it even worse, you know, like the whole incident. Yes. So that's why VAR already said they they stick to Anthony Taylor's decision. Uh Luck it then ends up, step, you know, he steps up. I, I was a bit quizzed about that because for me, I thought with that sort of heavy tackle, he was rather going to, uh, you know, let somebody else take it. He ends up taking and uh, Fabiancy pulls off a decent save.
1: Yeah, I know. but It's just if you don't have a, penal, a proper, proper penalty. I mean, his penalties are normally emphatic, yeah. to be fair. But um yeah, that was it was I thought but who else would have taken it, do you think, you know, well, I did see in the too.
0: background, I don't know if anybody gets a chance to look at it back again. Um I saw uh I think it was Saka and Party. They were arguing at the back, trying to get the ball from each other. So I don't know if that was the thing issue there also. I wanna get a chance to get to watch the highlights package or whatever. Just have a look. Once they're, they're busy treating um, Lacazette or checking on Lacazette eh, and waiting for the VAR decision, the two of them are almost like having a <laughs> bit of a tussle with the ball.
1: Oh my goodness, I, di- I didn't see that. It's something I must maybe look out for.
0: So we end up making a sub after the penalty, Um, after the penalty and the ball is out of play. Odegaard uh, comes off, uh, Emil Smith-Rowe comes on. Um, I think that was also time that, that the change had to be <coughs> excuse me had to be made because uh he did look a bit lethargic. Um, there were certain things where he was not caught. Like you know, the more we went on let's just past the hour mark, he was like losing the ball. Concentration levels also looked really low with him because every time he was not alert enough to see what's happening around him. Although I mean I must say it also got on my nerves that, that uh, Xhaka Jaka ends up ended up also getting caught a few times with the ball in yes. position or p- playing almost like meaningless balls forward, search the opponent. Um, at the second minute, Martinelli's, sh- you know, shift was not done. He ends up coming off and Kete on, just on the other side note, I had to have a chuckle when he went down with cramp the first time, and then Arteta picks him up and like throws him back on the field. Yes,
1: yes, yes, yes. <laughs> We're not going to have another Thomas party.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, that moment. Then, at the minute, Fantastic uh, work by Arsenal as West Ham were trying to push on with, with 10 men. Saka ends up dispossessing, uh, I forgot who the players of West Ham. That guy's all on the deck with Saka, but I mean, by the time Saka was already released with Rowe, he ends up, you know, you know, bursting forwards. And I mean, this is what I really like about him. I actually like this play in general of any footballer. When you just drive at your opponent, especially when you're either down to 10 men or you tiring. So West Ham, of course, weren't. You know, going in for the tackle, we're just backing off, backing off. And I mean, for me, his timing, the way he places that ball into the corner through Diop's legs. And I mean, it ends up leaving Fabianski motionless, 2 no Arsenal.
1: Yeah, Emil Smith really I mean, coming. I mean, I remember that Norwich game where we kind of criticized him a bit, you know, that his decision making. And, you know, yeah. I wasn't on, on point, but I think, you know, ever since that game, he's really been, you know, the the type of midfielder the kind of way we've been off. All- asking for even oh the we've been getting goals from it feel thinking really about that so it's now again our time for our strikers to kind of get goals for us as well to kind of give us that push
0: yeah so I mean we see the game off uh three points in the bag and we up to fourth yeah, if- but
1: the it's yeah it's, it's so good to be fourth but you know united having that that game in hand but it is against a, a pretty side that um, you know, it's been troubling I a mean, lot of teams. So, you know, who knows what can happen there? But, yeah. you know, I jumped the gun away there, but you're at least we're in positive goal difference now. And I think you probably were breathing a sigh of relief after that, seeing that. Yeah.
0: Because, I mean, now for, for me, it's almost like now we can start kicking on. Because for me, between now and January 1st, when we face it I think I mentioned last week in the podcast, I think now is the time to really, really rack up the points and, you know, you know bump up the the goal difference as well now because for me I think it can also be vital at the end because look we've got now also besides United they've got another game in and I think Tottenham got now about two games two. In
1: yeah
0: um, correct. Correct. You're 100% um, correct. yeah so we then also switch our attention now to the game in the weekend when we play Leeds United who just came off a 7-0 drubbing at, uh, at uh, Man City Stadium um, I think, again, like, with uh, with regards to us, I don't think we can take anything for granted because unlike the way City play, that, you know, they got no mercy for a team. If they want to put you to the sword, they put you to the sword. Whereas with us, we all, like, we end up going or go up and then we kind of toy or we sit back on the one goal. And I think, uh, for me, the sooner we can dispatch a team like uh, Leeds United, the better because, I mean, the heat is also coming out, Bielsa finally, because people are also saying, like, you know, does he still have that sort of magic that got them, you know, to be the Premier League or is, is there just something about the way he's, you know, that, that that he's losing his shine, his sort of character,
1: you No. Know? Yeah, it's going to be an interesting game. I think, you know, last season we we, we went to Ellen to Road with a very, you know, bad shape or form, you know, struggling to get a win, you know, on <laughs> a very bad run. Pepe also doing a cynical Pepe thing in that game. So. It's going to be an interesting affair, I think, with, with with our leads. We're probably going to bounce back. You know, be also under pressure. And Arsenal, you know, not the greatest away form this season. Not not yeah. finding the the back of the net as as we should or defending as we should as well. We've also leaked in a lot of goals. So, you know, it's, it's going to be a tight affair, I think. But uh, you've got to tip, arse, tip Arsenal as well. You know, under the circumstances we're in now, just getting in the top four. And I think, you know, you could add a bit more. Okay, United play Brighton. I don't know if that game's all going to go ahead, but, you know, United play the, the afternoon. So, I mean, you know, depending on how the result goes, I mean, you could even open up a, a bigger gap on United if things go wrong. So, you know, Arsenal has the luxury of watching what the
0: teams if, um,
1: below them do, and then you can just match the result.
0: Yeah, so... um. <laughs> With, with regards to Leeds, uh, they've got, like, you know, real, real issues because um, their injury list is, like, Shackleton, who's, like, their backup striker, he's out. Kevin Phillips is out. Okay, Calvin Phillips, sorry. Um, then Cooper, was like, one of their stalwarts in defence, he's out. Uh, Strike, the another almost, like, an all round defender for them, he's out. Uh, Bamford injured himself in the celebration last week.
1: Oh my goodness.
0: Again, Amsterdam. Uh So he's out. Uh, the, like, Real theory. like, boss in defence, Koch, he's got some sort of illness. There's like a big, big uh, question over him. And then I mean, Rodrigo is out with Achilles injury. Probably late December, he's probably back. And then uh, Firpo was suspended for the game. They left back. First choice left back.
1: Sure. By but, but the sound of that, I think you know, there's no way it's Arsenal shouldn't win the game. I think, what you're telling me now I think we should go there and just get the result you know with no, no no, excuses and I think like you said you know get that points in the bag so when you come up against City at the Emirates you know maybe get the crowd buzzing but you know you go there without an expectation you know City's probably deep in a title race at the moment with, with the likes of Liverpool we are probably going to push them all the way so you know you have them probably going to have to have a must-win game where Arsenal you know you lose to Man City, yes, we'll be disappointed, but you know you, you're not gonna go and all um, you know, our data out if they lose yeah. to Man City. We we still on the up. I mean, we'll get there when we challenge Man City. But you know, for now, I think it's about like you said, keep points in hand, so that you know you're allowed to drop a point against Man City.
0: So then we move our things now to the midweek game when we play Sunderland in the League Cup. Um, <clears throat> Sunderland, all. Or- you know, flying quite high in, in, in League One. Because, I mean, they've got now new ownership. So some young uh, billionaire that's taken them over. So they're third now in the playoff spots. But, I mean, I really hope there's now, you know, not only changes for Arsenal, uh, you know, complete changes where people can now fight for the Premier League squad spots there. But, I, I mean, I'm you know, for keeping even fingers crossed, where we can actually see some of our youngsters playing this game.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm a bit nervous. I'd rather I'd wanna get us through to the semi-finals. So, you know, I just want to get the get the result in the bag and maybe then, you know, putting on some players. But it's like you said, it's a it's a double-edged sword. You know, I think do we play Um, after that Sunderland game, I don't know. I think it's wolves we could take on, or or, or not, or it but Norwich. But either way. So either way I think I would rather, you know, try to maybe get some played in, maybe would you would you give a Baming a, a, a match in, in this game?
0: Yeah, I mean look the thing is that it also leads me now to the talking point section. Um look, that whole story you know came out with him being allowed to uh you know go to France to fetch his mom. And then by the time he was supposed to come back, because I mean, it was like an agreement between him and senior members at the club. He was supposed to come back a, on, I think, the Wednesday evening. And he ends up pitching up Thursday morning, and they felt it was like a breach, not only of like you know trust, but also the COVID regulations, and that also with him now not coming from another country back in to the UK. So that is why they came down so hard on him. And, and I think since it's not his first transgression, that's why the captaincy has also been taken away from him.
1: Oh, there's a there's a big, bold statement by the club, Arteta, you know, to strip him from the captaincy because, I mean, look, we just do a guy like Xhaka after his captaincy got taken away, you know, he put his head down and carried on working hard and, you know, he's a fixture in the team, but do you see a public doing that or do you think his ego is bruised and, you know, he's thinking to myself, you know, maybe we get out of here now while I can
0: you know, you know, the one thing that worries me, I was telling some other friends yesterday also, this is almost like the same sort of ploy that he has gotten into trouble with, with Tuchel, Tuchel at, at Dortmund. Where, you know, when it ended up, when you could almost like see, kind of his time is up. Okay, not really naive, his time was up at Dortmund, but when he wanted all that that Arsenal awesome move appealed to him, he was doing almost like everything in his power to, you know, be almost like disruptive to force a sort of move away. And I just think it's in his character. Uh, Cause look, for me, what I noticed also is I don't know if I mentioned it to you in a <clears throat> in a text. I just felt the older he's getting, it's almost like the more immature he's getting. So it's like he's listening say to his brother and his father more, and and look at the, the brothers more, somebody that likes you know the party life and this and that. So you don't get really so. So like for me, Obama and you was like starting to know more as somebody with a uh, you know bizarre or strange dress and these, you know, luxury cars that he has almost like wrapped constantly. So it's not like he's known more for that than actually what he's doing on the pitch. And I think that is the thing also where we, uh, if you think back to um, say someone like Ian Wright that used to get into trouble sometimes at Arsenal, but he was given that sort of leeway because they knew every week he was going to do the business. Or same with say Eric Cantona back in the day with, with Alex Ferguson. I'm sure Ferguson was driven up the wall with some some of the antics of Cantona, but he knew every week that guy's gonna put, you know, he's all out on that field again. But yeah. It's like you just you can't it, it depend on Baming to do that. So as you now said, like, you know, with a judge of character, easy that sort of character like Shaka that's gonna come back, you know, buckle down and and you know, really get into the fight.
1: I don't think he's going to. To be honest with you, I don't think he's going to. I think he's I think he feels he's run his race at Arsenal now, and I think it's it's not. I don't know, like he's he, called the captain. Just taken away. I think his ego has been dented. and I just can't see him back to to the way it was. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he comes back and fires us, you know, to a top four spot. Who knows? But it just seems like if he was the Birmingham of, let's say, two seasons ago, you know, when he won the he, before that. You kind of can be like, okay, you know what? Not that you can look past it if it happens consistently, but, you know, he's giving you issues, but on the field he's scoring a hat-trick, he's giving you issues, but he's he's won us, you know, 15 points with, the, with two with the, you know winning goals in the past five games. It's, it's, it's a give and take, but it just seems like he's trying to just take it at the moment and it's not working. But that's it being said, you know, question to pose to you. And I'm gonna pose two questions. Who do you think is going to get the armband? And secondly, who, you know, if if you had a choice and your choice too, who would you want to take the armband?
0: I mean, at first I was, you know, always on the uh, look. I, I think no matter what you and I discuss now, yet, I think it's probably going to be Lacazette till the end of the season. No matter which way we look at it now, you know. But I just think like for my uh, my first choice would have been uh, like here and Tierney. But then afterwards, I was like thinking in the bigger picture, he's always injured also sometimes. Like, you know, he, he has like a, a decent run, and then he's like out for, you know, months, and then you see yeah. him again. And I'm looking for somebody that's going to be more consistent. And I think also something like uh, this is now my choice now, Gabriel, because I think he's... he's everybody's always saying about his language. His, his English is not that bad, because even when he joined us already, his English, you could see he was working on it already, you know... Uh, for his former club already so i just think to myself this is somebody because you can also see that sort of respect that the players have for him when he's also barking out orders. i mean look Ramsdale also has a hell of a character because when you can see somebody that's, that's his age and he can get senior players to you know listen to what he's saying and as he organizes defense and that stuff or even when he's organizing a wall and he's barking out orders that wouldn't be bad either but i, I still think a centre-back is the ideal uh, you know, position for your 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 skipper. And I just think myself, Gabriel is almost like he's getting onto that sort of cusp of you know, being a real top Arsenal defender because you can also see the way he plays. Not only can he uh, attack now and he contributes to the goals, but you also see that sort of recovery when they hit on the break. He sees that he gets himself as far you know, in defence again as he can, you know. Busting a guy to get back and whatever and, and, and try organising as he's sprinting back. So, I mean, for me, he gained you know, a a lot of respect for me.
1: Yeah, no, I, I think I would go for a Ramsdale. I think that guy just, just seems like he could be an Arsenal legend the way he's starting off. Gabriel also isn't a bad choice. But, like, you know, if I had my choice, I think I'd give it to Ramsdale.
0: Yeah, but I mean, my take is, I think I mentioned you yesterday, if you got the issue up front, are you not gonna just constantly relay stuff, or are you gonna run over there <laughs> like a crazy goalkeeper and pull somebody behind the neck and go, "Look what are you doing!" And you know, whatever? Okay, so I, I think, think I
1: think Ramsell <laughs> seems like he basically could be that keeper because you've seen him when when players keep bad passes, like you know he will look at the uh, barrier and do that finger thing, like you know, turn it at the game. Yeah,
0: yeah, but I mean, with, I think they will probably be in that, you know that leadership group that they were, were talking about, even under Emory, I think this, the current leadership group, I think it is probably what you know. You and I now mentioned, probably will have Thien in there, will have Gabriel in there, will have uh, Ramsel in there, uh, same with, with probably Laka now, and maybe even Jaka. you know, as a senior uh, also in the team. So I just think that would probably, but I mean, look, you and I are very old school. I'm sure most of the listeners are also old school. So I mean, we prefer, a main
1: captain
0: and his vice captain, and that's it. Other than that,
1: you think so and so, but for me, go old school rather with it. A wasn't a true leader as a captain, he was a good player and everything like that. But you know, that he, he didn't have that, you know, that you know, when Arsenal the chips are down one nil, you would see you know, shouting rally. Okay, yes, he did score some crucial goals. I mean, the Epic Cup final, even you know, got that penalty of goals. But I mean you don't you don't seem like you know firing the troops up like come on let's go let's go like you know getting that fire in the belly team you can get the captain that does that.
0: And um my question to you also now is uh like your opinion as well. I mean, um do you think him having the captain's armband or Captain armband has that weight on his shoulders down the years?
1: I I to be honest, you know, I I I, I thought about it. I kind of thought, you know, when did, you know, this this performance, you know, start really taking place? And I was starting to think back, you know, maybe it has been because, you know, yes, he has been doing well, I know, the latter part of, you know, Arteta's first season. But, you know, Abame is a type of guy, you know, you shouldn't be putting responsibility. He's a responsible guy, and I don't mean it in a bad way. You know, Abame is a guy, let him come to training, let him do what he needs to do he shouldn't be having to set an example for other players. I don't think he's, he's always set an example. I think he's just, you know, that, that type of guy that's like joking. You need a kind, of, I think kind of that senior figure that's going to be there to reprimand. I don't think Aubameyang's that guy and like I said, you know, maybe this is what he needed actually and maybe you see a different player. I don't know.
0: And I mean, lots of the youngers are also saying that uh, for them, their mentor at the club is uh, Lacazette like because I think you sometimes take people aside and explain certain things, whether it's like if you're an attacker, the finishing side of things, or what's expected of you in, in you know, if you're in midfield or defense or whatever. So a lot of the youngsters are really, you know, they think really, really high off, like I said. And I think that is a sort of character that we should also should have had as a captive a captain that's more, you know, assertive. And I think that's where obamian goes mostly because I don't know if you notice also when there's like you know, big incidents in these crunch games. He also comes after the fact and you got already Xhaka up in the ref's face. You've got Lacazette up yeah. in the face. And he almost like kind of, you know, everything is borderline on him. He's not really, you know, being assertive and showing, look, I'm the boss here and I'm going to have my say, you know, with the official here. Yeah,
1: no, I 100% agree with you on that statement.
0: Yeah, so uh, with that, do you have anything else to add before we head up?
1: No, no, you, you can wrap it up.
0: Okay, so guys, enjoy the weekend, take care, enjoy the fixture on, on Saturday, bye.
1: Hopefully we end up in the top four this weekend and we march our way next week to the quarter, semi-finals of the um, Carabao Cup.